Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, Joe Biden is not a moderate. That is a media myth. This guy is a empty vessel. A, a parrot, a tabula rasa, a blank slate. That's the problem. Do you understand that is the problem? The Democrats are painting this guy as some kind of harmless old lunch bucket Joe. You know, Uncle Joe, he's harmless. Don't you worry. Just elect him. He's not going to hurt anybody, hurt anything, hurt your wallet. Hurts your public security as, as, as safety situation. Is that going to hurt anything? He's a harmless guy. He's not. That is the problem. The problem is he is an empty vessel. He is a blank slate that everybody's writing on. And the people who are writing on the blank slate are lunatics. Got more on that today. Of course, I got to go into the removal from the briefing room of the president yesterday handled it like a champ. There was an emergency incident at the white house who better talk about it than me. Right. Got that. Got a lot more. Also, I want to follow up on something on the Spygate thing. Yes. I didn't get enough time to spend uh, yesterday on it. Cause we had such a loaded show today's show brought to you by express VPN. My savvy customers surf the internet peace. You know why they have VPNs from expressvpn.com slash Bongino, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go today, pick up a VPN. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Working hard this morning, I see. A-okay, yeah. Yeah, working hard this morning, but enjoying it. I was having a lot of fun playing around with some of those cuts. I know you were. Yeah. Joe was sending me a bunch of videos. Joe is a forensic audio analyst, and we were trying to get to the bottom of something, yeah, but- we did a we did a U-turn at the last minute, yeah. <laughs> but you'll see. Stay tuned for the show. Loaded show today. Today's show brought to you by our friends right. at Helix. Helix. Now, I spoke to you yesterday about their new sofas at all form, but Helix Sleep makes the best personalized mattresses in the business right here in America. Shipped straight to your door with free, no contact delivery, free returns, and a 100-night sleep trial. That's one with two zeros. 100-night sleep trial. Choose, they choose a mattress. Take it there as a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preference to the perfect mattress for you. Not for Joe, not for Paula, but for you. You like a mattress that's soft, firm. You sleep on your side, sleep on your back. You sleep really hot like me with Helix. There's a specific mattress for you. I took the quiz. I was matched to a Midnight Lux, which I love. My daughter has her own mattress. She loves it too. Most comfortable mattress I've slept on. We love Helix. You don't need to take my word for it. It was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ, Wired Magazine, and Apartment Therapy. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. And gosh, we know that's important. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan for $200 off your mattress order. Helix, H-E-L-I-X, helixsleep.com slash Dan for up to $200 off your mattress order. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. 
man, am I hungry this morning? Like you wouldn't believe, which is strange because usually I'm hungry on Monday because I get up early for Fox and Friends. I get up a little bit later on Tuesday and my blood sugar is plunged immensely. I could eat there. I probably can't say that on the air. No. Involves a cow. But I am starving. I could deal with a brisket right now. A whole thing. Two pounds of it. Let me get straight to it. Let's go to this. Um, what do you want to call it? Relocation from the briefing room. So some of you, I don't think anybody missed it. But if you did, you'll see it here first. So yesterday I'm watching uh, President Trump's press conference live on Fox News. During the press conference. This happens. And me, again, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I hate to mention my, I don't want to beat you over the head with my prior line of work, but it's obviously relevant to the story. Having been an agent detailed to the White House, I've never seen anything like this before during a live presser. Check this out. Upping records, hopefully soon. Excuse me? So um, proud to say I know that guy, the Secret Service guy, well, good man. Yeah. Obviously not going to name him or how I know him, but I don't want to give you any of the details, but he's a more than qualified guy. And he appears, Joe did some forensic analysis. He appears to mm. say something to President Trump, basically indicating, let's just, you know, we got to get out of here. There's, we got to relocate you. Mm. And the president very calmly walks off the stage. You can hear the cameras in the background. You hear all those camera shots. Everybody, of course, wants a picture of President Trump um, in a panic, which didn't happen. Um, and you hear all the cameras going off and he walks out of the room and he kind uh, comes back, I don't know, um, three, four minutes later. But if you were watching this on live TV, especially, you know, given my background, you're like, what the heck happened? Paula came in. She was inside with my daughter. She's like, what happened? I said, I've never seen anything like that. They just, the Secret Service basically removed uh, or asked the president to leave the briefing room uh, because of some emergency situation at the White House. Well, what happened was there was a shooting at the White House uh, in front of the, uh, uh, it appears to be the old executive office building on the, what I, it looks like the Northwest corner. I, I heard someone report as the Southeast corner. Those are obviously in the opposite place, but the video I saw looks like the Northwest corner. There was a shooting. Uh, the details are still up in the air. Was it a suicide by a cop? Nobody knows, but either way, I, a few notes on this from my inside baseball perspective. There's been a lot of dumb commentary about this, including um, some um, liberal moron on Twitter who said, what a nightmare this president is for the Secret Service. Look how slow he walked off the stage. Oh, geez, Louise. <sighs> so, uh, now, Joe, uh, listen, you and I have different he, skill sets. I don't know how yeah. to even produce my own show. Joe does. I just know how yeah. to produce the content. So I don't pretend to know what you do, but I have a general idea. But given your limited experience in the Secret Service, but being a smart, common sense guy, hmm. you know, simple question I'll ask you. Hmm. If you're protecting a protectee, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like the President of the United States, and you're a Secret Service agent, mm -hmm. like that agent who asked him to leave the stage was. Do you want a guy who panics who tries to sprint off the stage, falls off the stage and, and, and face plants into the wall? Or do you want a guy who calmly follows your instructions, walks off the stage and evacuates the room, which in seconds, within seconds, well, if you ask it, not a trick question, no, I'm just asking, no. uh, give me your honest answer. Well, we don't want a bed quitter. 
So we want we want the calm that, guy. No. You can't. No, no, no. You're not allowed to do that. Delete no, that from the show. Did, he did it. Did, he did it. Gotcha. Stole my notes. Oh. I didn't even tell him that. No. He did it. I will leave that in out of a courtesy to you. Getting a, Joe, of course, getting ahead. Very smart. Very smart. Yes, you don't want a bed quitter. He act. I swear that's in my note. I'm not messing with you. We had a term in the Secret Service for people who panicked and ran around when they didn't have. Running is not good, ladies and gentlemen. Unless there's an explosive going off, running's not good. You know why running's not good? Especially in a situation where the emergency is yet to be defined, because then other people start to panic and they start to run and they start to run into each other and over each other yeah. and falling on each other. And then you have a protectee like President Trump, who's about six four. I don't know, two hundred fifty pounds. He's a big guy if you've ever met him. Huge guy. He's tripping over other people trying to run. And next thing you know, you have a massive body of people you can't get past because they're all falling in the doorway trying to get past one another. We called those bed, it rhymes with quitter. As Joe well knows, that was great. Yeah, I, 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 You beat me to the punch. <laughs> so I did not go over this. This was not rehearsed. It's right here. Bed quitters. I wrote it down. We hate bed quitters. We do. Don't. It rhymes with quit the bed. If it's a bomb, you run. God forbid. If it's a, obviously someone right in front of you and you can do something and it requires haste, you run. All other situations, please don't run. Then everybody else runs and everybody runs into each other and they trip and they fall and you're stitching up people's heads in a situation you don't even know the details about yet. So, yes, Joe, you gave the right answer there, perfectly timed. The answer is, you know, of course, in contrast to the morons on Twitter, who, by the way, are in their parents' basements, you know, roasting s'mores all day, uh, you know, probably watching 1980s Pretty in Pink movies because they have no idea what they're talking about, commenting <laughs> on Twitter. I can't believe how slow he moves. Yeah, that's what we want. We want the man to, like, sprint off stage and fall and have a heart attack. Genius. What a dunce. So that's number one. The Twitter commentary was disgusting, including the just disturbed Washington Post uh, columnist Jennifer Rubin, who wanted to do a bunker check to make sure the president didn't go in the bunker. So, yeah, that's what we want to do now, Joe. We want to politicize the president's security. Oh, I mean, Jennifer Rubin's a disgrace to humankind. But really, uh, the Washington Post should be embarrassed. This, this woman even works there anymore. She's just a real disgrace to the newspaper and to humanity in general. So we had that first. The whole generating a political minefield over the president's security, which is what liberals do because they're sick people like Jennifer Rubin. Secondly, I've never seen that before. I spent about 12 years in the Secret Service, about five years on the White House uh, and in, on the detail, the president's detail within the White House grounds. And the Secret Service isn't naive. They understand the ramifications of removing the president from a nationally televised press conference. I mean, you could... I mean, you could crash markets. You could create world panic. They get that. They're not stupid. So some, a few people were like, well, was this the right call? I'm telling you from my experience doing it, absolutely, categorically, not 99%, not 99.9, 100% the right call. Shots fired outside the White House. That's a red line. You take the president, you move him. You don't want him near any windows. You don't want him in corners. You want him in some kind of a hard room or a space you can seal up pretty quickly. Simple as that. That's a red line. There's no, there's no, no, let's see what happened. Shots fired. No. 
Got to go. The Secret Service is not naive, and I was really happy that the President of the United States came back and does what he always does, which is, you know, to give credit where credit is due when it comes to law enforcement and the Secret Service. Now he came back, and of course, you had the media people trying to make a political issue out of it because that's what they do, simple-minded morons. Um, and of course, they wanted the president to look rattled and scared. Jennifer Rubin wanted to check the bunker. So the president came back, and this is about a four or five second clip, but I wish we had this one on loop. Um, you know, a media individual decides to ask the president, hey, man, were you really rattled about what just happened? And here's just classic Trump, just a beautiful response. Check this out. Are you rattled by this at all, Mr. President? I don't know. Do I seem rattled? <laughs> Does he seem rattled? Does he look rattled there? Was he fumbling with papers? Was he profusely sweating? Even when he leaves the stage, he like, did you notice? If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino, you heard the audio, but you'll see even when he leaves the stage, when the Secret Service agent comes over and says, Mr. President, I think we need to go. <coughs> Excuse me. He like looks over and he goes like, Joe, did you see it? Yeah. He looks over to the media and he's like, see you in a few minutes. Okay. I mean, did he look rattled to you? No. But again, this is just dumb media commentary. Come on, guys. Really? Don't, seriously. I mean, on a very serious note, at the end of this book, because I got to move on. I get it to Biden, and I got a lot of stuff to talk about today. On a very serious note, let's not politicize the security of the President of the United States. I got knocked for this, and that's, that's fine. Not for politis for unpoliticizing it. Someone asked me once about um, Barack Obama or, or uh, Bill Clinton. There was a, a new law that the President would only get security for 10 years. I thought it was a bad idea. Obama was going to be the first one. I thought it was a terrible idea because having been on a protective intelligence squad, we analyze threats. Former presidents get legitimate threats all the time. And if we lose a former president or he's taken hostage, ladies and gentlemen, it's really bad for the United States of America. The costs are minimal for a former detail, a former president's detail. I didn't care that it was Barack Obama. Oh, Barack Obama, screw him. We let him get tenure. No, 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 no. We don't do that here. And that's okay. You can disagree. That's perfectly fine. Not everything I say is meant to, uh, you know, appeal for political purpose. I unpoliticize and I got knocked. Don't politicize the security of the president of the United States, whether it's Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, or uh, Donald Trump. Presidents or former presidents. Don't do it. It's stupid. It's juvenile. And I'm talking to the leftists because that's what they do pretty much all the time. All right. Um, let me get to my second sponsor. I want to get to this Biden block because this is important. I'm really getting tired of the media painting this lovely caricature of Joe Biden. Uncle Joe, lunch, Joe, lunch bucket, Joe. Oh, so yeah. the Delaware kid, the fighting Scranton guy. No. No, 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 no. Um, today's show also brought to you by my friends that wearing their shirt today. Bravo Company Manufacturing. Bravo Company Manufacturing, BCM for short, builds a professional-grade product. Started by a Marine veteran more than two decades ago, they build professional-grade rifles and firearms. Built to the same level of protection for every American. They build them for private citizens, law enforcement officers, military personnel overseers. This is a, overseas. This is a professional grade product. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want a sporting rifle, that's fine. That's not what Bravo builds. They build life-saving equipment. Sporting rifles are great. That's not what BCM does. They're rifles. It's assumed when they leave the shop will be used, God forbid, in a life-saving situation. 
by a responsible citizen, law enforcement, or a soldier overseas. Quality is all that matters to them. They build them right here in Heartland, Wisconsin. I have two of them. They are my go-tos. They are right there. These are the finest rifles in the business. If you are in the market for a rifle or a firearm and you are not checking out Bravo Company Manufacturing, you're making a huge mistake. They put people before their products. They feel it's their moral responsibility to provide tools that will not fail the end user when it's not just a paper target, but God forbid, someone coming to do you harm. Check out Bravo Company Manufacturing today. I can't recommend them highly enough. Head on over to their website, Bravo Company M. FG, like maryfrankgeorge.com, bravocompanymfg.com. Discover more about their products, some special offers, and upcoming news. Their bravocompanymfg.com website always blows up after the show. Check them out. If you want to see them on their YouTube channel too, you can go to youtube.com slash bravocompanyusa. Again, bravocompanymfg.com, youtube.com slash bravocompanyusa. Check them out. The best rifles in the business. You'll see me wearing their shirts often. All right, as I said, let's get to this with Joe Biden because this is just... um, Disturbing what's happening. I'm seeing this narrative by the leftist media because that's what they are. They're, they're liars. They're frauds. They're phonies. That's why, you know, that was at Axios Harris Paul showing that media, the media is the one entity during the coronavirus crisis uh, outside of airlines that has lost credibility in the crisis. The media, their one job, Joe, one job is to get you the facts. <laughs> and during the biggest crisis, health and economic of modern times, the media is the one entity that's lost credibility during the crisis because they're liars. They lie to you all the time. I'll get to that at the end of the show today. That's all they do these days is lie to you. They're all in on Joe Biden. Not because they believe in Joe Biden, but because they can't stand Donald Trump. I want to play this montage. It's a, it's an older one. This is who Joe Biden really is, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Joe Biden doesn't know who he really is anymore. Sadly, I say that not to joke around because Joe Biden is clearly in some form of cognitive distress. I mean, it's obvious when you see the man um, in any public appearance. He forgets where he is, stumbles over his words. Um, he's just a mess. Yeah. But when Biden was clear-headed, Joe... This is the worst, but you know, the, the, on, on the on the triaging of problems, what's even worse is when Biden's head was clear and he was cognitively there, he was a bad guy. His wheeling and dealing in China, his wheeling and dealing in Ukraine through his son and his family, enriching himself through the job. This was not a good guy. Mm. He's also a discred thoroughly discredited liar. Here's some old footage of one of the 6,000 times Joe Biden ran for president when he lies about everything, his background, his college degrees, how he's so smart, how he graduated at the top of his class, all flaming piles of dog-like quitters. Just the other word without the tours at the end. Here's Joe Biden. Check out this old footage. This is classic. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Folks, the media knows this. Those are old media reports about Joe Biden's history of lying about who Joe Biden is. 
Tucker Carlson's been doing segments on this. He lies about his academic credentials. He lies about his intelligence. He lies about his school ranking. He lies about his scholarship. He lies. Remember the Tucker Carlson segment? If you watch Fox at night, he did a segment. Oh, was it last week? He did a segment about Joe Biden lying about being arrested. He's told like four or five different stories. about I was arrested as if he's like building Joe. He's building street cred. You know, (laughs) Joe, he wants to be like street Joe, tough guy. I got edges on my knuckles. Look at me. Bloody knuckles got Joe. He was not arrested. He's making it up. Then then they have to use euphemisms. No, no, he wasn't arrested. He went to go see Nelson Mandela and they arrested him, but they didn't arrest him. They stopped him at the airport. I've been stopped at the airport, ladies and gentlemen. It's called the TSA. I don't say I'm arrested every time I board the train. I was arrested. Hey, Joe, last time I went up to Fox, did you hear I was arrested? Joe's like, I didn't hear you were arrested. Why wasn't it in the news? No, Joe, I was stopped at TSA. They asked me for my license. This is Joe Biden. He's a liar. This guy. So understand your takeaway here. It's not this that, that Biden's not there upstairs. He's not. Reality, Joe Biden. Reality, Biden. Reality, Joe Biden. Reality, Joe Biden. They are further and further apart every day. Yeah. When he is telling the truth and is there, he lies about who he is. This is the problem I was trying to emphasize last night on Hannity. Biden right now, ev- listen to me. I have the best sources on this. Everyone around, but everyone around Biden knows him and reality are not friends. He is a cognitive issue. He is losing his grasp on the real world by the minute. Everyone knows it. They just hate Trump. The problem with that and the reason Trump is having a hard time, the Trump campaign defining Biden is because people feel bad for Biden. They do. Not all of them, but a lot of people do. A lot of independents are like, oh, you know, don't attack Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, the man is trying out for the, he's he's auctioning off himself to people to be the president of the United States, to handle the nuclear codes, to determine tax rates that could crush your business. It's, you know, when I joined the Secret Service, I had to take a battery of tests to make sure I could perform the job to protect the president. Why doesn't the president have to perform a battery of tests? You know, at least for the public, I'm not suggesting it's mandatory, but isn't it the right thing to do? Prove you can handle the job. He can't. That's the problem. He is an empty vessel, a blank slate. Things are being written on his blank slate by others. Joe Biden is not in command of his own faculties, no less his own campaign. That is the problem. People are the policy and the people feeding Joe Biden ideas that he's not cognitively there to fight back against and he's not courageous enough to fight back against. The people feeding him ideas are radical nuts. I said it and I'll say it again. The golden rule of politics in this new bureaucratic era. People are policy, folks. People are policy. Policy is so fluid and amorphous right now. Regulations, you know, the, the Chevron doctrine and that other, and the, and the other stuff involving how we interpret regulations and deference we provide to agencies. Understand my point. These policies are so amorphous and hard to understand that the people are the policy. Joe, does this make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can yeah. put a policy out there in this new, you know, bureaucratic morass we live in that says something so like, Hey, we're going to determine um, if this impacts the environment through carbon emissions. The people in charge will determine what carbon emissions mean. Right. It could mean anything. Right. 
The people are the policy. Right. So what I'm getting at is when you appoint radicals, you will have radical policies regardless of what the law says. It's sad. I wish it weren't true. I wish we lived in a more constitutional society with adherence to rule of law, that people didn't matter and the law mattered. That time, sadly, is over. You're seeing it play out right now with the executive orders, aren't you? Right? When Barack Obama did executive orders, the media loved him. Trump does one, they hate him. Even though three out of four of Trump's uh, executive orders or the core tenets of them are backed by actual law. You can read it yourself. It's all interpretation. He is appointing radicals. He is not a moderate. He will not be a moderate. Bernie Sanders will be your de facto president. Do you understand that? You don't believe me? Hat tip newsbusters. Here is a great montage by the great folks at newsbusters, some of the best in the business, of media folks trying to cover up the fact that Biden is a radical leftist being guided by radical leftists and his policies are radically left. Higher taxes, government-run health care, dumping on school choice, destroying the suburbs. These are all far-left radical policies. You know, tens of trillions in new spending. This is insane, the Green New Deal. But here's the media, again, doing what the media does, trying to cover up for Joe Biden. Check this out. Joe Biden's not known as a, you know, a liberal per se. He's more from the centrist part of the party. His ideology that he's too centrist. A Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo. You're right if you have an assault weapon. Biden's looking to knock out other centrist alternatives. Biden, more centrist. Raise your hand if, gover if your government plan would provide coverage for undocumented immigrants. This Biden centrist moderate, maybe I can reach out to people uh, who, who were Republican or lean Republican. They're probably anywhere from 10 to 15 percent of the people out there. They're just not very good people. Do you think someone like Joe Biden is too moderate? Too centrist. Too moderate. Should undocumented immigrants arrested by local police be turned over to immigration officials? No. The national frontrunner Joe Biden, a moderate. Biden's more moderate stance. We both agree that we deal that we have a new green deal to deal with the existential threat that faces humanity. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. No more coal plants. No one's going to build another coal plant in America because of the work we did. Anybody who can throw coal into a furnace can learn how to program, for God's sake. Biden, a moderate. Moderate Joe Biden. The moderate Biden. Moderate Biden. This idea that I'm not the progressive in the race. I mean, my Lord, if if I get elected president of the United States, this will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American history. Just listen to the man. Don't listen to me. Listen to him. What do you think? He's kidding? You think this is a joke? Open borders. Don't turn over illegal immigrants arrested, arrested for other crimes to immigration authorities. Don't turn them over. That's what he wants. I want to take your guns. He says, bingo, bingo, meaning yes for the liberals. Bingo. You know, when you win bingo, bingo. Yeah, bingo. Yes, like bingo in the affirmative. He wants to reallocate money from police departments, away from police departments. He wants to dramatically hike your taxes. He wants to destroy the suburbs, putting low-income housing in the middle of the suburbs. I mean, what, what, what else am I missing, folks? <laughs> he wants to destroy you, the coal plants. You, you, it's his words, man. It ain't mine. This guy is a radical loon because he's not smart enough or courageous enough to stand up against said radical loons. This guy is the chaos candidate. If you worship chaos, Joe Biden is your guy.
Folks, I'm going to say the hard part out loud, too, because what Joe Biden is engaging in now, being pushed by Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Congresswoman Cortez, what he's being pushed into is grievance culture. Go foster a bunch of grievances onto people that you're owed something by others. And, can, can, you know, again, can we just say the hard part out loud? I don't want to be ranty, but nobody owes you squat. Okay? Let's just put that out there right now. If you're listening to my show, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Virginia, I'm on radio. If you're listening on podcast or YouTube, we're on, gosh, I don't, I don't even know how many platforms. Let me just put this out there right now. Nobody owes you jack quit if is. you get the theme of the show. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you anything. Let me say it again. Nobody owes you anything. Exclamation point. You want to hear the hard part out loud? Nobody owes you squat. But I'm owed. I was insulted when I was six. Someone told me a long time ago that people don't like me, that everyone's an istophobic, phobophobic, uh, phobophobe. Bad news for you, too. Someone may have said that. There are a lot of bad people in the world. There have always been bad people in the world, you knuckleheads. Of course, I'm talking to our liberal listeners who tune in, especially the liberal media folks. You think Joe Biden's going to be evil's going to go away tomorrow? Nobody owes you squat. You want it? Work for it. Nobody owes you anything. You see this tweet by uh, AOC, left-wing lunatic advising Joe Biden? The world doesn't need billionaires. The world, no, no. Why do you care so much about billionaires? You were a bartender. You know nothing about anything. Matter of fact, Pete from Glenn Patrick's pub, right? Was one of the smartest guys I met was a bartender. You are an embarrassment to bartenders. You don't owe, you don't know anything about anything. Nobody owes you squat. The Democrats entire platform under Joe Biden is you deserve other people's OPM, other people's money. I should be able to take your guns because I'm smarter than you on how to defend your family. You owe me your guns. You owe me your coal business. You owe me your country's borders. Nobody owes you squat. Take your butt, remove it from the seat you're in, get off your caboose and go to work. Nobody owes you anything. Best advice I ever got in my entire life. Amen, bro. You want luck? Go out and make your own damn luck. You get turned down by a guy who doesn't like you because he doesn't like whatever, the earring in your nose or the color of your skin or where you were born. That guy is a quit bird. Move on. He's got to live his entire life as a loser. It's not an excuse to then walk around every day in grievance culture and pretend the whole world hates you. They don't. There are morons out there. A lot of them, sadly. 
I deal with them all the time. When you're a public figure, you deal with idiots all the time. We took a loss last week. I told you about it on the show and lawsuit. You see me whining about it today. We move on. We got shows to do, work to do. You move on. You find the next fight. Nobody owes you anything. And you're never going to hear that from Joe Biden. Get off your butt and go to work. Go to work and make your own living and show your kids what it's like to make a living and show your kids what it's like to get dirt under your fingernails and come home tired every day. Nobody owes you squat. All right. The polls are turning around too. I think people are getting savvy to the Joe Biden fairy tale. Oh, he's a moderate. Uncle Joe, lunch bucket, the Scranton kid. Like he's a boxer or something. Yeah. From the old school, you know, the fighting Irish guy, the Scranton kid. I mean, they that. Remember him getting in an argument with that older guy? They think, I'll think you outside. We'll do push ups. Oh, yeah. Right. Sure, Joe. Yeah. Take it easy, huh? Take it easy with the push ups. Polls are closing up, folks. People are catching on to this. Just a few weeks ago, President Trump was down 10 in a real clear average. Just a week ago, what was he, down eight? Now he's down six. Why? Because people are catching on that for all the allegations by the hacks in the media that Trump is the chaos guy. It's really Biden who's the chaos candidate. Trump's style may be different, obviously. You may not like it. That's okay. I don't mind it. Obviously, it's different. We never had a president do what he does. But his agenda and his three and a half year plus term in office has actually been great up until the Chinese uh, coronavirus plague. Biden's the chaos guy. All right. Uh, got a lot here. All right, I want to get to this segment yesterday. I kind of gave it a little uh, shortcut because we were running out on time. But the last part of yesterday's segment is important. So I want to get to that. Let me get to my next sponsor. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our friends at We The People Holsters. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of Americans right now, due to a lot of the chaos going on, are choosing for the first time to train and purchase a firearm for the protection of their families. Well, listen, if you're going to buy a firearm, it is super important. One, that you properly train with it. Obviously, safety matters and training. But you need a high-quality holster where retention matters and comfort matters. You know why? You're not going to, let's be candid. You're not, if it's not comfortable, you're not going to wear it. You know those old inside-the-waistband holsters? You know, a lot of you have had them. They're one-size-fits-all. They have these super uncomfortable uh, metal clips. They rub up against that bone in your hip. You just, you're not even going to wear it. You're not. And then what's the point of owning a firearm or training if you're not going to carry it? That is not the case with We The People holsters. We the People holsters are custom designed to fit your specific firearm perfectly with precision. They're made right here in the USA. They're not made in the chop. They're not made in Chazistan. They're made here. They have thousands of options to choose from, plus an amazing selection of printed holsters. They have the Constitution on one of them. They have a ton of printed holsters. They're really nice. They have a proprietary clip design. allows you to easily adjust the cant and the ride of the holster so it fits comfortably and securely. You'll get that snap. You'll know the firearm's in there. Now is the time to support quality American companies. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan and get your We The People holster today. Every holster ships free, comes with a lifetime guarantee. Got a special for you, get an additional $10 off using offer code Dan. Satisfaction is guaranteed. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a total refund. That's wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Go today, check it out. All right, so yesterday I was discussing this just incredible interview by Stephen Schrage on Mia, uh, Mar excuse me, Maria Bartiromo's fantastic Sunday morning future show on the Fox News channel. 
Shragi, as you know from yesterday's show, and I encourage you to watch it to fill, you know, fill yourself in on the other two clips. I'm not going to go back to all of them today. But Shragi worked for Stefan Halper, worked with him on his, they were doing, he was doing a PhD overseas and Halper was his mentor. Stefan Halper, as many of you know, was the spy who was spying on members of the Trump campaign and working with the FBI. There's no real doubt anymore about the background story on what went on with the FBI and their use of spies in many forms, Azra Turk and others included. Shragi had a front row seat to the whole thing. Who was spying, why they were spying. And this last clip I played yesterday, but I want to play again today because it was a part I left out in the interest of time. That's really super important. And I'm not yet sure about Shragi's motives. I can't get in his head. Why is he now turning on Halper and turning whistleblower? Why now? I mean, why not months ago? I'm not sure. I'm not trying to badmouth the guy, but I'm not trying to upsell the guy either. So Shragi comes clean on the Maria Bartiromo show and basically says, hey, this guy was working with Halper, you know, was this guy was up to some really bad stuff. Here's this last clip where, again, I reference this chapter I have in my upcoming book about one of the guys who seemingly ran underneath the current on this whole thing, this FBI agent, Stephen Soma, who is in the dead center of this whole thing. And I want to bring up another angle, why this is so important. Check this out again. This is Shragi yesterday, a short clip of him talking about who the Senate, uh, you know, Senate who's investigating this, who they need to investigate. Check this out. The key part, and I think the real smoking gun in all this is, you know, all these tentacles lead back to this small group, including Stefan Halper at the center of Spygate, Christopher Steele at the center of Russiagate, Stefan Halper's FBI handler. None of the Senate has subpoenaed these or called these people to talk in four years. Stefan Halper's FBI handler. Again, quickly, why does this matter? And I'm going to add some new information because, ladies and gentlemen, Halper had a contact at the FBI, an agent by the name of Stephen Soma. This guy, Soma, The connections here are incredible. Soma works with another FBI agent. Follow me. I don't want this to be complicated. The guy's name is uh, Gaeta. His last name is Gaeta. They work together in the New York office. Gaeta is Christopher Steele's handler. Mm. Christopher Steele's information and Halper's information always seems to be intertwined. Whenever they want some negative information about... This is the best way to sum this up, okay? I've been thinking about this all night because I hate when it's overcomplicated. Whenever the FBI, who's targeting the Trump team, there's no question about it, but they don't have anything to target them for because everything's fake. Whenever they need fake information to go and go to court and spy on the Trump team, they always go to these two guys, it seems, Christopher Steele and Stefan Halper. And they always seem to produce information about this core cadre of Trump people that overlaps. Similar ideas, similar conclusions, yet the information's fake. So what are the chances if I wanted to spy on Joe? I go to two sources, right? And these two sources, what are the chances if they don't know each other? They produce lies about Joe. Joe was was born on Mars. Mm. Joe has seven fingers on his right hand. They're like, oh my gosh, really? Joe was born on Mars and has seven fingers? What are the chances that two sources are telling you that? the seven fingers and the Mars thing, who don't know each other? The answer is zero. The chances are one in a million. They both made up the exact same lie. Joe doesn't have seven fingers and he wasn't born on Mars, obviously. What are the chances that the two sources you have have handlers or contacts in a law enforcement agency that both work together? 
the chances there are pretty good that you might want to find out what these two law enforcement guys know about the two sources telling the same lies. <laughs> One of those guys is Steve, uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen Halper's handler, Stephen Soma. Why does this matter? Because again, right in August 10th, when they don't up and up a case against Mike Flynn, who Shragi says Halper has a real interest in because Flynn knew about the intel community, all of a sudden on August 10th, this dossier appears from Steele and then the next day, Halper shows up about having information about Steele. Here's this dossier, August 10th, that Steele wrote. And all of a sudden, Mike Flynn, Mike Flynn with the Russians, blah, 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 all this nonsense. Look at the date at the bottom, August 10th, 2016. So again, the Bureau wants to investigate Mike Flynn. Intelligence insiders want to take Flynn out. They don't open up a case on August 10th on Mike Flynn. They open up a case against other members of the Trump team. Magically, Steele's dossier shows up. And the next day, Stefan Halper shows up with, Steph with Stephen Soma, his handler. And Stephen Soma's like, my gosh, Halper showed up and had all this information about Trump people, including Flynn. That's just crazy. Now, why does this matter? Here's the Washington Times piece. Be in the show notes today. Please read it. Bongino.com slash newsletter for the show notes. It's important. FBI spy, talking about Halper, foretold Michael Flynn's fall. Ex-student, Shragi, that's what we're talking about, says, by the great Rowan Scarborough. August 10th, 2020. This is important. Look at this quote. Shragi knew. This is why I'm skeptical of Shragi's skeptical. I'm not necessarily, again, trying to kneecap this guy or oversell who he is. But from the Washington Times piece, you can tell Shragi's aware that Mike Flynn was the key to taking out the Trump team. He says, quote, in these discussions, I, st I stress that Flynn was indispensable, wrote Shragi, who was an official in the George W. Bush administration. Quote, Shragi said he was perhaps the only campaign advisor, listen up, who had both Trump's personal trust and deep intelligence experience necessary to expose hidden problems in the intelligence community. At one point, I even recall telling Halper that taking Flynn out would be like beheading Trump's team. I had no idea I had been unintentionally aiding a spy preparing the guillotine and helping lead Flynn to exactly such a beheading. You see why I'm keeping an open mind about Shragi's motives here? You get that, Joe? Shragi seems to know. Mm -hmm that Flynn is the linchpin to the, to, to the Trump operation. In other words, two things. If they can take out and spy on Flynn by getting Steele and Halper to produce information on Flynn, which they produce on August 10th and August 11th, if they can take out Flynn, Flynn has, one, he's one of Trump's personal closest advisors, and Trump trusts him. And number two, Flynn knows where all the bodies are buried in the intelligence community. He's got to go. Shragi seems to know mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Why not speak out sooner? Now, why was it so important for Halper, the FBI, the intelligence community, the Obama administration, and Steele to make sure Flynn disappeared quickly? Well, look at the IG report. I've used this before, but I'm going to use it again. Michael Horowitz as IG report. Look at this. Comey sent an email, Jim Comey, right after a briefing on January 7th that Flynn was at. Comey sends this email, January 7th, 2017. The transition's right about to happen, right? Comey briefs Trump and his team. And in Comey's email quote, it stated that a member of Trump's national security team during this brief asked whether the FBI, quote, was trying to dig into the subsources to gain a better understanding of the 
situation? And Comey responded in the affirmative. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a critical, critical, linchpin cornerstone piece of information to this entire scandal. Mike Flynn is asking Jim Comey during the transition in January, President Trump's about to take office, while Comey's briefing them about this dossier and this fake information, the steel halper stuff. Flynn knows it's all BS. And Flynn's asking Comey, hey, um, have you dug into the subsources and checked their credibility? Why is Flynn asking that? Because he knows it's a scam. He knows it's all fake. And they panic. They're freaked out. They still got to get rid of Flynn, despite days earlier trying to close the FBI investigation, citing no derogatory information. FBI headquarters, the uh, management floor intervenes, says don't close the case against Flynn. They have to get rid of this guy. He knows this whole thing's a scam. How does he know? Well, let's go to Flynn's lawyer's own legal filing. How does Flynn know this whole thing is a scam? Well, one, he's been in the intelligence community for years and he knows its problems. He's probably telling Trump, we got real problems. The intelligence community is parts of it that are broken. Here's Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn's lawyer in a legal document. There was a letter delivered by the British embassy to the incoming national security team after Donald Trump's election, also delivered to Susan Rice. The letter apparently disavows former British Secret Service agent Christopher Steele and calls his credibility into question and declares him untrustworthy. Oh, oh, isn't that fascinating that during the transition, a letter is delivered from the United Kingdom over to Mike Flynn, incoming national security advisor, saying, hey, this guy Christopher Steele reporting on the PP stuff. They've been using a spy on you. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's probably fake. Then Flynn starts asking questions. Flynn had a go. As Shragi said, that was a, quote, beheading for the Trump administration if they could get rid of Michael Flynn. Now, is it all making sense, folks? Again, why is Shragi coming out now? I'm curious. It's welcome on the show. You know where to find me. I got a lot of questions for you including hat tip 279er, by the way, again, we haven't heard from him in a while. Always miss his communication. Yeah. Do you have any relationship or any communications with Mifsud? We haven't heard Joseph Mifsud's name in a while. No. What about Halper Mifsud? Any connection there? You always hear it here first, don't you? All right, let me get to my final sponsor. And then I want to, I got to go to this coronavirus block because again, the misinformation is just everywhere. And if you're not listening to this show, you're probably being misled by a bunch of panic merchants out there who want to redline you every single day. Final sponsor, Patriot Supply. Listen, every day we're not just witnessing the spread of coronavirus. We're seeing the spread of fear and panic, and it's really, really gross. I hate it. Panic is just the worst thing you can possibly do. Don't be the bed quitter. It's driving the markets down. It's driving the demand for basic necessities through the roof. According to my Patriot Supply, they have older customers with health conditions. They're scared to go out and they're living off their emergency food supply now. Insure everything in your life that matters, right? You do that, don't you? You insure your health. You insure your house. You insure your car. You have dental insurance, eyeglass insurance. How do you not have an insurance policy for your food supply? I mean, like getting actual emergency food in case you need it. Go to preparewithdan.com today. Reserve your two or four week emergency food kit today. Don't wait. 
These meals include breakfast, lunches, and dinners. They last up to 25 years in storage. So you are insured and prepared in the event there's supply chain disruption and you can't get the food. How many days are you going to go? My, my Patriot Supply has been a trusted partner in my show for years. They've been around since the beginning. I have a boatloads of it. I never give a number because I forget. 10, 12 boxes, I don't know. A lot. The current wait is now 8 to 12 weeks because demand has been through the roof at 80 times normal. We have no idea how long this crisis will last, so it's important to be self-reliant and act now. It's not too late. Go to preparewithdan.com, preparewithdan.com, pick up your emergency food today and ensure your peace of mind and your food supply today. Preparewithdan.com. All right. So the coronavirus misinformation is rampant everywhere all the time. And um, I can almost guarantee you if chaos Joe Biden is elected, the empty vessel tabula rasa, that the chaos will stop almost immediately. Well, what do you mean, Dan? No, no, it will. The media has no interest in sowing chaos if Donald Trump loses. But they have to sow chaos now. Uh, We're seeing this with the schools. Here is yet another study. I don't know how many studies I have to put out there before this should, I mean, before it gets tattooed on the brains of liberals who are seemingly immune to facts. Here's the Journal of Medical Virology. Hat tip Avic Roy, where I saw this on his social media feed. Journal of Medical Virology, Transmission Dynamics of SARS-CoV-2 Within Families with Children in Greece, a study of 23 clusters. This is a coronavirus study on COVID-19 that showed something pretty interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Again, for the panic merchants out there that want you to believe that your kids are going to be massive super spreaders, and if you send them back to school, they're going to contaminate your whole house and kill everybody. Uh, They want you redlined all the time. From the Journal of Medical Virology, not the Dan Bongino website or somewhere, this is a professional medical journal. Quote, there was no evidence of child-to-adult or child-to-child transmission. Pretty much sums it up, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't it? Again, are we doing science, facts, data anymore, sciencing, or, you know, hypotheses, testing them and that kind of stuff? Are we doing that anymore, or are we still invested fully in the red line panic? They're super spreaders, children. are going to kill everybody, the teachers included. Uh, So now we can add Greece, a study in Greece in the Journal of Medical Virology, uh, to the compendium of information out there showing what you're saying is not factually true. Can children spread it? Yes. Have children spread it? Of course. Are children super spreaders with a high likelihood of spreading it to adults? No. If you believe in a little thing, like, again, sciencing. Again, all this stuff, Joe, I promise you, Mm -hmm. after the election, God forbid, chaos, Joe wins. If chaos Joe wins after the election, all this stuff will come out and the red line will be gone. Right. Yeah. The red line will be gone. Everybody will be like, ladies and gentlemen, don't panic. Children are not really super spreaders. The data shows they can spread it, but they typically don't. There's a low likelihood of that happening. Children are not immune, but they if they get the virus, the symptoms are generally my you. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, mark my what's the date today, folks? August 11th. Please mark the date. Guaranteed, God forbid Biden wins, all of this stuff will start to come out. All it'll be for it'll go right down the memory hole, all the other stuff. You don't believe me? The COVID myths are everywhere. Here's a great piece in the Wall Street Journal today about this. 
The COVID myth by Gerard Baker, by the way, he's not like some like hardcore conservative. He's a right-leaning guy, but he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he's not in this for an agenda, believe me. I don't know him personally, but I've read a lot of his stuff. Wall Street Journal opinion, untangling the media myths of COVID. All these myths, by the way, will go away after the election. What's myth number one, Joe? The U.S. Trump's done a terrible job. The worst in the world. Our death rate's off the charts, Joe. It's the zombie apocalypse. Is it really? Because that's not what the actual data says. Yeah, you get to say, oh, because you get to read ahead. Like our video viewers say. (laughs) The death toll in the U.S., quote, Wall Street Journal, stands at about 500 per million people. That's significantly higher than Germany or Japan, for example, but still some way below the UK, Italy, Spain, and several other European countries. Among the group of seven nations, America's actually right in the middle. Ladies and gentlemen, interestingly enough, too, when you take out the horrible results from New York and New Jersey led by far-left liberals with their disastrous nursing home policies, notably Phil Murphy and Andrew Cuomo, The United States actually performs much better. But Andrew Cuomo up in New York thought it somehow would be a good idea to put sick COVID patients in nursing homes with the most vulnerable people. I, 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 still, I still don't understand that. So the U.S. and President Trump have actually performed in a disastrous situation where there is no vaccine and the treatments took a while and the therapeutics to develop have actually performed quite well. Again, but ladies and gentlemen, this is only if you believe in data. Because market, August 11th, if Joe Biden is elected president, I guarantee you the day he's sworn in, the media story will be the U.S. is doing great to combat COVID-19, the coronavirus. Terrific. So much better than many European countries. So much better. Market. We're never wrong. Not sometimes, but rarely. And we correct it. Unlike the media. What's myth number two? Those Republican governors in Florida and Texas. Those are the death states. You cross the border, you die instantly of Corona. Dead. Minute you see the welcome to Florida sign, which by the way, if you live in South Florida, you got like 10 hours to go before you get home. Remember when me and my wife drove down, we first moved to Florida. Welcome to Florida. We were like... It was like Big Ben Parliament. Remember that uh, National Lampoon's? You said it was like another nine hours before we got home. Florida's like the longest state ever. Welcome to Florida. You're dead instantly when you cross the border. That's the media narrative, right? If we could only all be like New York with their six to 11,000 dead nursing home patients who died due to Andrew Cuomo's disastrous policy. We could only be more like New York and the Democrats. So again, Gerard Baker, no, no you know, hard right guy. Says, really? Is that true? Let's look at the, you know, data, sciencing, Joe, you know, sciencing, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Quote. <laughs> you're funny. Quote, a related fiction is the suggestion that New York's economy is now bouncing back as its cases and deaths mercifully continue to dwindle towards zero. Yet by the unemployment rate and other measures, the economic recovery in New York is lagging states such as Florida and Texas. Gosh, I hadn't heard that before. Weird. With commuters and tourists still staying away. We should not fall into the media's trap of tendentiously asserting a tight link between the politics and the virus. I agree. But insofar as policy has some effect, it's worth noting that of the 10 states and the District of Columbia, with the highest death rates, eight have Democratic governments. 
again, folks, you want to you want to politicize this like you politicize the president's security in the media because you're gross and that's what you do. Not all of you, but a lot of you, especially the liberal media. You want to politicize this deadly virus? You think it's a game? All right. You want to politicize? Let's ask you about the politics. Who were the people and the states that had the highest death rates? Oh, that's right. Eight out of 10 were run by Democrats. You watch again. This will all change when Joe Biden's elected. All change. The story will disappear down the memory hall. The U.S. will become an international success story overnight. And they'll pretend none of this ever happened. And they won't care one bit, Joe, that you and I have media montages of them saying the U.S. is the worst, but we are terrible. Trump's killing people. They won't care one bit. I had to silence a family member today on Facebook pumping out misinformation about what we do. I was like, goodbye. See ya. Not interested. Pump that nonsense somewhere else. But they're a member of your family. Don't care. It'll all change. They don't care. Just like when the collusion hoax disappeared down the memory hall. Remember that? When Mueller was like, yeah, there was no collusion. This is all made up. Their guy, Mueller. Did you ever hear anything about it again? Nope. You get any apologies? You get any? I'm, I'm, no. Did you hear any, Joe? No, none. Haberman, nah. Bertrand, Chuck Todd, Seth, uh, that that uh, Seth Abramson guy. Any apologies from them? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't hear those. I didn't hear those either. Did you notice how yesterday on my show, when I said something on Fox and Friends, I said it was a month. I meant to say a year. You notice we corrected it right away because yeah. when you're wrong, you don't want misinformation. Did you notice that? How we did? Yeah. Oh. What are you patting yourself? I'm like, no, I'm just saying like the truth should matter, right? Not to these people. Which is the perfect segue again to the media gaslighting about the riots. Media politicizing Trump's security, presidential security, gross. The media politicizing the coronavirus deaths, gross and disgusting. Uh, The media have also politicized riots where people have been hurt, injured, police officers have been blinded. And some have been killed. David Dorn and others. Gross. Gross. Politicizing it. But that's what the media does. You don't believe me? Here's the Washington Post. Remember when uh, President Trump had some DHS, uh, DHS agents in Portland to protect the courthouse? You know, federal property so it's not burned to the ground and people aren't killed. Oh my gosh, what a crazy idea that was. Well, remember the Washington Post effort to blame that? The violence on Trump? The violence is only... The violence, it's, you know, it's only happening. It's only happening because Trump has federal agents there. So Trump ordered the federal agents to stand down. Look at this headline at the Washington Post. Trump ordered federal forces to quell Portland protests, but the chaos ended as soon as they left. It, 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 it did. You, you, get, you, you get the trick here? <laughs> you, you get the shell game? Three-card Monty? You get what they're doing? So the violence in Portland was the fault of President Trump for deploying federal agents to protect the courthouse from being burned to the ground. It's Trump's fault, the violence. If you're having a hard time understanding it, it's because you're sane and you're not a moron like the liberal media. You're not supposed to understand it. Trump's at fault for violent rioters trying to burn the courthouse down? Yes. Liberal lemmings. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Double-digit IQ liberal dunces. They said, look, when, when Trump told the federal agents to stand down, All the violence stopped. It did because the people actually in Oregon, what is this, the Oregon Post, Paul, or something? The Oregonian? 
Police declare riot for the second consecutive night Wednesday. Disperse crowd using tear gas. That was after, after the agents left. Again, they just... It is so frustrating dealing with these idiots. It really is. I'm telling you, media people are some of the dumbest people you will ever meet in your life. I'm going to get to the article tomorrow in the Washington Times. But Beckett Adams has a good piece. It's in the show notes today. I want you to read it. About how the media just this week got caught in three lies that a third grader could have figured out. One of them was, this is the first Democratic ticket with a man and a woman in 36 years. (laughs) What? New York Times. New York Times. It is. Joe. Um, huh? Tim Kaine, the governor of Virginia. Um, it's a, a Joe, integrity test here for the show. Yeah. So Hillary Clinton uh, is a woman, correct? Yeah. Last time I checked, uh-huh. she is a woman. Uh-huh. All right. She hasn't claimed otherwise. No, no. We're not misgendering her, right? Misgendering. Tim Kaine, her vice presidential pick, Joe knows well from the area, uh, you know, Virginia politician. Hmm. Tim Kaine is a man, right, Joe? Last time yeah. I checked. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. So it hasn't been 36 years, no. correct? Mm-mm. So that there's, a, I got a bunch of these for tomorrow and you're going to love, <laughs> but the media just lies to you all the time. The violence has stopped. The minute Trump withdrew the federal agents, literally the following days, poor Portland police use tear gas to disperse crowds. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. If you're getting your news from these idiots, I really feel bad for you. They have a piece up in the Wall Street Journal about this too, how the media narrative now, the media narrative, it was Trump's fault, is totally falling apart. Wall Street Journal, mayhem continues, protest narrative crumbles. Looters rampage in Chicago and arson returns in Portland. These are some of the dumbest human beings you will ever meet in your life. And I want you to notice the narrative switch. You'll never forget it. Here's the narrative. The media narrative now is that words are violent. So if you're a conservative and you say something, it's a microaggression or offends someone, that that is violence. But actual violence that happens in Portland, where they're trying to burn down buildings, blind police officers and kill people and murder them by burning them alive, that those are mostly peaceful. So words are violence, and violence is mostly peaceful. We are living in crazy town. We are living through a cartoon episode where caricatures of human beings are like, it's it's like a bad magic act. You know, I always tell the story, I was at, we had a bad magician at one of my kids' birthday parties. He was like, look, rabbit. Like the rabbit was in it. Everybody was like, even the three-year-olds were like, no, no, the rabbit was right there. And you know, the rings with the, <laughs> and look, the rings are, this is what we're living through. Like a bad magic act where you can see the trick and yet the media still thinks you believe them. No, no, guy, we know the rings have a hole in it. We, we saw you cover it up with your hand. No, no, no. I connected the rings. I'm the one person on planet Earth who can defy the laws of mass and it, it, atomic interaction. And I made the rings penetrate through each other. It's a bad magic act. And they think you buy it. It's a, it's, it's, it's a cartoon for kindergartners. They want you to think is real. Clown show. Total clown show. All right. Well, one last story, and I'll get to the other one I discussed tomorrow. A real shame. Um, Carmen Best, the police chief in Seattle, 
has now resigned. You'll see as it's be up in the show notes, Fox News. Carmen Best, Seattle's top cop, emails resignation notice to officers um, in her report. Why did she do that? Carmen Best resigned because Seattle's insane lunatic city council voted to remove millions of dollars from the police budget and lay off about 100 police officers. Ladies and gentlemen, what is the irony of that decision? Some of you are probably catching on right now. So the communist city council in Seattle during a time of civil unrest, chaos, and spike in crime rates has decided to partially defund its police department. The police chief bravely stood up, Carmen Best, and resigned. Said, nah, I'm not going to be part of your stupidness. Uh, stupidness. You can do your dopiness all on your own. You want to be part of the imbecile class? I'm not joining. Thank you. Even left-wing nut Matty Iglesias at Vox with a V, not Fox, Vox with a V. This guy is to the left of Lenin, said, wow, this is odd. Continued odd happenings in the Pacific Northwest where a 70% white city, Seattle, has hounded its black police chief, Carmen Best, out of office as an act of racial justice. Weird, huh? isn't it? Largely white city hounds its police chief, who's a black female, out of office and uh, wants to terminate 100 officers as part of a defunding effort. Ironically, Joe, most of whom are minorities who were hired last. Mm. Last in, first out. So Seattle, in an effort to diversify its police department, hired recently a bunch of minority police officers who will now be fired along with the black police chief who has resigned in the name, Joe, nice. of racial diversity and fairness. Because, Joe, black lives matter. Uh, bingo. Black lives matter. Yeah. But uh, clearly, Carmen Best yeah. black life doesn't matter. Either do the black lives of the officers who will now be fired trying to actually protect black lives in Seattle, white lives and all lives too. Those lives don't matter. Yeah. But black lives matter, buddy. Black lives don't totally matter. This group is way, way on the up and up. <sighs> we live in stupid times. We live in a black hole of stupid. A black hole of stupid. And what it does is it has the sucking powers of like a mega atomic black hole, if that's even an, ast uh, an astronomical word right there. And it sucks the IQ points off people by they're like, no, it's like the event horizon with Lawrence Fishburne movie. Stay out of the black hole. Ah, we're crossing <laughs> the event horizon. Double digit IQ points are disappearing by the day as we all approach the event horizon of the stupid black hole we live in being fostered by the media as the media sun collapses into the black hole. <sighs> Considering I was hungry today, this was not a bad effort, I must say. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Wasn't as good as yesterday. Yesterday's show was money. Yesterday's show was money. Yeah. I was fired up. Money. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I love kind of messing around. Make sure to check out yesterday's show, though. That piece I did on Shraggy is important, and that name's going to come up again in the future. Please subscribe to our show, youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate the subscriptions. We'd like to get to a million subscribers by the end of the year. That's a bold goal, but I think we can get there. And an Apple podcast as well. Please subscribe. It's all free, of course. We really appreciate it. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but... Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.